Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. TDN Fantasy listeners, do you want to win some money in weekly fantasy sports this year? Well, check out our friends over at Owner's Box. You can join their latest contest for free by using the code DREW9. That is DREW9, as in Drew Brees. And you can win some money today. We've talked in the show about how much money I was able to win in their week one contest You can join in on the fun now, win some money of your own by going on ownersbox.com or downloading the Owners Box app on your device. Make sure you join and get your lineups in today. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner, just the two of us. Jake Arians just on assignment this week. He was a little yeah, he's, he's in Foxborough. There was there was there was they played some some football some game, game was there. played. Yeah. I, I, I haven't heard anything yeah. about it. So it's just the two of us, which is it, which is more than it was last week. It was the Jamie Solo edition last week on the show. Breaking yeah, that things sucked. down. So I don't think anybody probably liked that. We're slowly getting the gang back together, but we have uh, a week four slate to break down, Jamie, here on the show. And lots of storylines, lots of football to discuss. Let's waste little time uh, and get into it. i got a couple of games here to start the show with, and I want to start with our Washington football team going into Atlanta. They defeat the Atlanta Falcons. Well, I have, a, I have a betting. I don't know if I've shown this on this show, but I have the betting ticket here in the drawer of the Washington football team, team total over uh, eight and a half wins. So I really appreciate them okay. coming away with a victory here today as they win 34 to 30. Uh, Taylor Heineke has a big game. He goes for, I, what did he end up with? Three touchdowns in total. Yeah, 290 uh, for three touchdowns, yeah. Antonio Gibson gets into the end zone for his first rushing touchdown on the season. But Jamie, I, I think the storyline here is, and I'm going to read you the statistics. Through four weeks, Cordero Patterson has 83.4 PPR points. 
That is a 20.85 average per game and five touchdowns. And I know that the two of us have been very skeptical to tell everybody that they should go pick up Correll Patterson. But apparently he's the only weapon that they're allowed to use in this offense because they're not allowed to use Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley is used very sparingly. It's only Cordero Patterson and Mike Davis that get used. He, I think, I think it's a thing at this point. Four weeks is a big enough sample size. Yeah, no, no, it's beyond a thing. And, and I'm very curious to see where he's going to end up in my rankings for this next week as I'm working on them right now. Like he was right on the fringe of like top 25 running back status this week. And I think he's got to go. He's got to still go up from there. Like he continues to get used considerably. Six targets in this game, catches a long touchdown, three touchdowns in total in this game. Leads him in rushing, leads him in receiving. I believe he was third in targets, only behind Ridley and Pitts. Like it's a thing. And Atlanta's offense has looked a little bit better over these last couple of weeks. I thought this would be a good game for both teams. Um, I like both Matt Ryan and Taylor Heineke this week. Uh, but yeah, Patterson is going to be a thing. And uh, We've seen stretches like this from him before, but usually they're like a week or two and they're here and there and they're sporadic. Like his usage has been like even in week one, he wasn't used that much, but it was at least noticeable. And then since week two, it's just been crazy. Yeah, Terry McLaurin, six catches, 123 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Jamie, I didn't tell you this beforehand, but I went with the Taylor Heineke, Logan Thomas stack this week in DFS. Ooh, well, Thomas, yeah, uh, Thomas got hurt. Logan Thomas getting hurt didn't help me there, but but uh, Taylor Heineke had a big game, and this was the this was one of the more entertaining games uh, of the of the. 1 p.m. slate. Uh, you had the big comeback from Washington. Taylor Heineke just heaving the ball up into the into the stratosphere on the touchdown uh, to Terry McLaurin to give them an opportunity to tie. It just just a fun football game, and Washington moves to two and two. And this Atlanta team now they get to get ready to get on a plane and go to London next week, and they thought that's where they'll take on the New York Jets. So they have to get ready for for that travel. Um, the Bills beat the Texans 40 to nothing, and I'll be honest with you. That's all I know about this game because Red Zone didn't really go to it all that often. And just so everybody knows, I watch Red Zone on my big TV and then I will have the Jet game on the TV in front of me. Uh, Scott went to this game a couple of times. And yes, I'm a Hanson over Siciliano person. Um, Scott only went to this game for touchdowns. That was about it. That's all I saw from this game. I saw Mitchell Trubisky uh, roll his way into the end zone for a touchdown. Um, yeah, I don't know, Jamie. What, what I mean, what's there to talk about from a fantasy perspective? Josh Allen gets the well, end zone twice. Stephon Diggs. Well, no, from a fantasy perspective we need to talk about this bills actually having a legitimate enough rushing attack like this has been a few weeks now zach moss is a thing 61 yards on the ground and a touchdown and he almost got another touchdown but it got vultured away um by mitchell trubisky taking just pulling the ball out and running in the end zone there to get the to put up a 40 burger on houston uh, finally Diggs gets over the 100 yard mark Emmanuel Sanders continues to be a very steady presence and needs to be owned in all formats and dawson knox looks like a different player like we're starting if- we talk about multi-week trends Dawson Knox has a heavy involvement in this offense, catches two touchdowns, really caught three, then got taken away. Or, well, I guess they caught that second one, got taken away, and then got it back again. Uh, to me, that that's the biggest notable because we knew in this offense Josh Allen was going to be a star, Stephon Diggs was going to get his, even though he's still not having quite a, the monster season that you were expected from him, particularly if you took him toward the end of the first round or early in the second round. But now they have a viable rushing attack, a viable tight end option. And given the way that offense is operating right now, like Moss and Singletary are both going to be, you know, fringe flex plays going forward. And also Dawson Knox is going to have to be considered in that top 12, top 15 going forward. If only there was a podcast that talked to you about Dawson Knox being a legitimate fantasy threat uh, this week on on the podcast. If only there was a podcast that, that talked about that, maybe said that you should have picked him over Kyle Pitts this week. If only. Uh, I think it's important to note, Jamie, when you talk about this running back battle, the carries, 14 for each of them. 
So right down the middle in terms of their workload. And I don't think that's going to change. They like both of those guys. They use both of those guys. They have roles for both of those guys. Listen, Stefan Diggs doesn't get into the end zone, but he in a PPR format, he gets you what he needs to get. You seven catches for 114 yards. And on the other side of the ball, this Nothing. is what you're going to expect with Davis Mills, the quarterback. Like, the, the, like mm-hmm. this is what it's going to be. Yeah, I, I don't think Davis Mills is their starting quarterback a week from now. I'm just going to say that. Uh, I, I, I do not think... believe they can go into next week with Davis Mills as their starting quarterback. Well, what, is Tyrod Taylor back next week, or is it, that's a longer-term no. injury? So, okay. I think they're going uh, right. to kick their tires on a veteran. Okay. Minimum. I, I also, by the way, we'll see. I think there's going to be a trade Monday morning involving a Houston quarterback, but or I, should say, I should say on Monday. Uh, but I also don't think that's going to necessarily matter in terms of who's going to start for them the following week, but I do think they're going to kick the tires on somebody, maybe off of a practice squad, maybe uh, somebody that's, you know, I look through the list of names of free agent quarterbacks right now. It's not pretty, uh, but Davis Mills is just not ready to play football, and if they have any hope for the guy that they took with their first pick this year and, and it was a third-round pick, they got to get him out of there because he's clearly not ready for a prime time. Before we continue or, getting through the – even one o'clock time. Before we continue getting through the rest of the 1 p.m. slate, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at Bet Online, back and better than ever. All eyes on the gridiron teams back on the field for another football season. And as always, Bet Online, your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface, even more odds and props. We all know Jamie loves to talk about the player props here on this show. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. You can head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you will receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit don't forget to use our our promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive your bonus from football basketball boxing right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts jamie eisner justin fields earned his first victory as a starter in the national football league as they beat the lions 24 to 14 before he gets hurt david montgomery has a big game 23 carries, 106 yards, two touchdowns. And you rightly pointed out on the on podcast in the past, both post shows and shows during the week where we've gotten people ready for the following week. Darnell Mooney is going to be one of the top targets in this Justin Fields-led offense. He has five catches for 125 yards. Yeah, he had seven targets himself. All other pass catchers on the team had eight. Uh, he's going to be the guy. Justin Fields has targeted him more than anybody else since he's come in. Basically, just throw out last week's game, which was an utter disaster from everybody's standpoint. We do find out after the game that, oh, guess what? Bill Lazor's calling plays again. Shocking. The guy that actually made this offense competent late last year is now back calling plays, which is great news for Fields and great news for David Montgomery. The problem is it doesn't sound like the great news for David Montgomery is going to extend to his knee injury. So we will see where he lands there, but... The early reports are, again, as we record this on Sunday night, that it's not – doesn't look good. I haven't heard anything like season ending, but I just heard more of like it doesn't look good. So we'll see what happens there. Fingers crossed that it's not that bad. On the Lions side, uh, so much for – we're going to see more of DeAndre Swift because they came out with a heavy Jamal Williams game to start, and then the game script kind of got out of hand. And that's uh, the problem, right? Like that's the problem with this team is there, this is, and this is what they were with Stafford, but I think even more so yeah. with Goff and the way this team is structured, they are going to be down more than 14 points going into the second half of most games. And they're going to have to throw their way out of it. And it's just, their running game is going to grind to a halt. You know this, I have a, I have a draft dudes bet with Kyle on where the Lions finishes a rushing team. And part of my reason for thinking they're going to finish outside the, fi- the top 15 in rushing yards per game is because 
They're not going to run the ball a whole lot in the second half. They're just not going to be able to do it. They're going to have to throw their way back in. Quintez Cephas, the leading receiver on this team. Amara St. Brown has eight targets. So does TJ Hawkinson. Khalif Raymond, vultures two touchdowns, really, because he, he has three catches for 46 vultures. yards in those two. He, he I was mean, one of I, my favorite owner's box plays of the week, by the way. I had him in several lineups. So that was a fun one for me there. Uh, look, I'm, I'm glad to see Amon Ross St. Brown get a little bit more involved. He's been a complete non-factor through the first three weeks, so I'd love to see him get a little bit more work there. You know, DeAndre Swift gets four catches but doesn't really have that big of a game. Hawkinson, again, after a great start, has been more sub- subdued. It's interesting because it's like I, I feel like we're going to do this every week on like which Lions, r- random Lions wide receiver is going to be the one this week. Like it's it was Quintus Cephas like wheel. in week one, and then like it was Khalif Raymond getting targets, and then it was then it was well it was like Hawkinson week one, Quintus Cephas week two, Khalif uh, Raymond week three, and then week four it's kind of Raymond Cephas Brown. Like I, I feel like we're going to be doing this juggle all year because none of them are really outside of Hawkinson. None of them are really good, so you're just kind of trying to figure things out as you go, but. There's going to be fantasy relevance just because of the volume. Jared Goff, another 38 passes. I'm trying I'm trying to see if I can do some quick math here. He has thrown – oh, man, these are large numbers. So 98. Oh, boy. 105. Jamie does math live on the show. 162 pass attempts through four weeks. Woo. That's a lot. That's, That's a lot. Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow of last year, Ian. Like, that is a lot of volume. Speaking of Dak Prescott, he only throws the ball 22 times in a football game as the Dallas Cowboys, they beat the Carolina Panthers 36 to 28. Uh, I believe there was a message uh, in the behind the scenes chat in which the hashtag Road Darnold came out from Jamie to me. Uh, Sam Darnold throws two picks in a football game. Uh, The post Christian McCaffrey Carolina Panthers, or at least his post his injury, uh, saw Sam Darnold get in the end zone twice on the ground. Again. Does Sam Sam Darnold leads the league in rushing touchdowns, doesn't he? He has five of them, I believe, right now. Yes, I believe he leads the league in rushing touchdowns, which is an absurd statistic. You have to to double-check that for me, but I believe he leads the league in rushing touchdowns, which is, uh, let's just say, not what I predicted. Uh, I'll give Sam Darnold this. like His box score, I think, masks what was actually a more underwhelming game than it appears. Uh, things started to get out of hand when they got down by two scores and he started to move the ball down the field, ends up throwing two touchdowns. But the picks were bad, took a ton of sacks in this game. But again, he gets a couple, he gets four total touchdowns. So for fantasy purposes, he was exactly what you wanted. Uh, Chuba Hubbard looked good. They just couldn't run the ball much late in the game because they were trying to keep up with Dallas's offense. But, you know, Hubbard averaged 4.4 yards per carry. I wish he was a little bit more involved in the passing game. I think that was what disappointed me the most. Uh, DJ Moore is matchup proof, which, I, by the way, we've already known. We should have known that before, but he is absolutely phenomenal. Eight for one. Can I share a take? Can I share a take? Sure. DJ oh, Moore is a wait top, to this is. DJ Moore is a top eight wide receiver in the National Football League. In fantasy or just like overall it, talent? Yes. Yes to your questions. Well, on fantasy, I agree. I think wrestling. I mean, he's he's he's, he's, he's he, in my he, top eight. Absolutely, Jamie. He does everything. He, ju- he literally he does. does everything. I, I'd have to – I don't think it's crazy. I'd have to sit back and actually think about it from a talent standpoint. I think he's got a lot of checkboxes in his favor, and I, w- I don't think it's crazy. I'd have to think – fantasy, I don't have to think as much. He is absolutely in that category for me. It's been just obs- uh, just insane to watch him play. He goes for eight, one, 13, two touchdowns. Um, he just – he catches everything. He's Monster. always open. They know how to use him. He's By just, the way, it's – yeah. 
what I liked a lot is they lined him up in the backfield a few times. That one of his touchdown catches was basically a Texas route out of the backfield. So we have that is very intriguing if they're going to use him more in that type of of, uh, system, for lack of a better phrase, with Christian McCaffrey out. Uh, I love that for him. On the other side, obviously, big game for Dak, another big game for Zeke. Good to see Amari Cooper get back into the swing of things here a little bit. Dalton Schultz is needs to be in the tight end conversation. This is another big mm-hmm. game for him. Gets sick. Uh, what does he have totaled? Eight targets to lead the team. Six for fifty-eight and a touchdown. Uh, he's relevant now. So we're starting to talk about like churning on around this like bottom of the tight end roster type of a thing. You start to look at, at uh, Schultz. You start to look at Dawson Knox, and you start to look at some of the underperforming players in that like middle class of tight ends. And these guys are becoming starting caliber every week. The Colts go down to Miami. They beat the Dolphins. The score says it was only a 10-point game. It was not that close. This Miami team did not play particularly well. Jamie, this felt very much like the way the Colts want to win football games. Jonathan Taylor goes for 16-103 on the ground, gets into the end zone. Carson Wentz doesn't turn the ball over, throws for two touchdowns. Both of them to Mo Alley-Cox, who has a big game. He's got three for 42 and two touchdowns. Michael Pittman leading the team in targets once again with eight. I think that's the notable thing to take away from the Colts side of things. He finishes six for 59, but the eight targets, the big thing. And for Miami, it's just their offense is just it, – it, I don't have words. It's bad. Um I, I have to finally just admit defeat on Miles Gaskin. He's not startable right now. It's just it's it's just not happening. We'll see what happens a few weeks if Tua comes back, or you know, hypothetically a trade gets made on Monday. Whatever it might end up being, uh, right now with this current group, Gaskin's not startable, even in as bad as the running back position is. I do think what is notable though is that Mike Jacecki's two weeks in a row is getting a significant amount of volume here. Six targets in this game after getting double digits before. 5 for 57 and a touchdown. Devontae Parker has a really nice touchdown catch in the back of the end zone. Uh, Waddle, more subdued game after getting a, a ton of targets. But I, I think the Giseki pattern that we have seen with Brissett, the question is, is who's going to be the quarterback on this team in two weeks? You know, is Tua going to be back healthy by then? Do they make a trade? Is it still going to be Jacoby? Like, that's that's the problem with projecting this Dolphins team long term is that I have no idea who's actually going to be throwing these guys passes by the time we get to mid-October. The Browns, they beat the Minnesota Vikings 14-7. to Only three scores in this game to really discuss. Jamie, it's funny that every time we, we, we I think we talk about the Browns, we open up the box score and both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are, are fantasy relevant, right? Today it's Nick Chubb. He goes for over 100. He doesn't get in the end zone. But for Kareem Hunt, it's 69 yards on the ground and a touchdown, and then he catches two passes out of the backfield. So it's just both of these guys find ways to be relevant. Kevin Stefanski find ways to utilize both of them. And on the other side of the ball, Jamie, I want to talk about the pass distribution from Kirk Cousins. Seven targets to Justin Jefferson, eight to Adam Thielen, seven to KJ Osborne, six to Tyler Conklin, six to Dalvin Cook. They just spread the ball all over the place. They just just spread it out evenly. Just get four or five guys involved. Yeah. You're all getting the ball thrown your way. Just get everybody yeah. involved. And, and that's why that's why I mean again, Thielen have a big game here, but that's why Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are perennially top 15 wide receivers. It's why KJ Osborne on any given week is sleeper potential. You know, look, Dalvin Cook didn't play a lot of the second half of this game, which is another concern. You've already missed a game. He basically missed a game and a half, if you wanted to look at it that way, through four games. So that's a little bit of a concern for you. I had worries about this game for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Like, this was a test for them on the real football field. And unfortunately, Kirk Cousins has not passed a lot of these tests in his career and didn't really pass in this game. On the other side, uh, Odo Beckham, two for 27, should have had a long touchdown in this game that Somehow Baker Mayfield inexplicably missed him. Couldn't was I wouldn't say he was Debo Samuel wide open, but he was like a half a Debo. He was open. pretty close. 
He was pretty yeah, close. Like, and Baker kind of threw it behind him. Odell behind. tried to turn and find it. And he just couldn't get Terrible there. Terrible throw for Mayfield. Look, this starting any pass catcher that's not a running back on this team is a risk. This was a good matchup for Odell Beckham Jr. Does almost nothing for you. Hunt and Chubb are both very relevant on a weekly basis. But this is it's so funny. Like this is the only negative for Nick Chubb is when he doesn't get in the end zone, his days are just okay. Yeah. Like from a real life, Nick Chubb played awesome today. But for fantasy, but, he but got it, you a hundred yards, eleven and a half points. Yeah, that's all he gets you in full PPR and eleven he's, points he's, and half PPR. He's relevant, but he's not what you need him to be. Right? He needs to get in the end zone for for him to be that top tier running back. Now, luckily for him, he's usually good for between twelve and fifteen touchdowns a year. Like I mean, so you know what I mean. So like, there's a yeah. give and take with that, but. This is the downside of like he can have a really, really, really good real life football game and still just be solid for fantasy. The Giants go down to New Orleans. They win in overtime 27-21. And I will for one week and one week only heap praise on to Saquon Barkley, who had a very good game, catches the wheel route for a touchdown, scores the game-winning touchdown in overtime, got utilized a lot more in this game. Feels like he's starting to be used in this offense. And, Jamie, we talked about this. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. We certainly talked about it offline, you and I did, that if there was ever a time for both Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Toney to say hello to the Giants fans and to tell everybody that they exist, it was in this game, and both did that. Galladay, six catches, 116 yards. Kadarius Toney leads the team in targets with nine. He has six catches for 78 yards both of those guys stepped up in big ways uh that's on the new york side of things and on the new orleans side of things alvin kamara uh, 120 yards on the ground Taysom hill two touchdowns you want to talk about vulturing touchdowns that's what Taysom hill did uh with his two touchdowns on the ground and and the saints are two and two so there's a lot to break down here let's start with this look i'm i'm slowly getting back in on saquon barkley and, and i think it's fairly consistent with what we've talked about like the concern with him, it's going to be a process of moving up and moving mm-hmm. forward and getting to go. And we're starting to see that now. I think part of it, too, is you take away two of your top three weapons, on <laughs> you wide receiver, and, and you're going to use him more. But this was the natural stair step. What people so I think what got lost in translation with this, and by the way, I, I, my stance on Barkley hasn't changed. It's just that it was going to take a little bit. You're going to have to deal with some rough weeks to begin, or rough weeks compared to where you were drafting him. But you know what? You're going to get at the end of the year. Where, where was he ranked for me? Like RB10? Like you're going to get that right. value, I think, by the end of the year. They just were drafting him in as RB4 or 5, which was ridiculous. But he has a big game here. Gade finally has a big game. Kadarius Tony gets a lot of targets in this. And then welcome back, John Ross, for the random one game, one or two games a year where he does something amazing. Uh, took over for the Colin Johnson role from last week. Saints, dude, I don't know. I don't know what, what Saints team shows up on a weekly basis. I, I have seen four completely different New Orleans Saints teams over four weeks of the season. I, I'm tell, I can tell you what any- they're not. They're not the team we saw in week one. They're not the team that beat Green no. Bay the way that they did. That was and neither is Green Bay. Right. Right so, now, that's yeah. the outlier game that like just makes yep. no sense compared to the rest of the league. Well, I guess maybe that one or Buffalo-Pittsburgh. I think those two week one games right now are just like don't make any sense. Alvin Kamara, this is what I warned about on the uh, the Money Down show today when I was debating Brentley Weissman, by the way. A cheap plug. If you don't watch that, make sure you watch wow. that. at the, Very good. Yeah. 11.45 a.m. Eastern every Sunday morning live on the, the Draft Network's YouTube page. But I was talking – we were talking about the over-under prop for Alvin Kamara receiving yards. And I said that, well, unfortunately, this is a guy that hasn't even averaged 30 receiving yards a game from non-Jubri's quarterbacks. He gets one catch for 10 yards. That is it. That is it. And that is all for him. Has a good game on the ground, though. 26 carries for 120 yards. It used him more like a traditional running back in this game. So 
you're not angry with it. 14 points is perfectly okay, but understand that his receiving upside, like he's not catching 90 balls again, not, not in this offense. So something to be aware of there moving forward. Jamie Eisner, the New York Jets in overtime defeat the Tennessee Titans 27 to 24. It was a roller coaster of emotions, but the Jets win their first football game in the Robert Sala ever era. And my quarterback, Zach Wilson, looked very, very good today. Uh, listen, I, I think from a fantasy perspective, Corey Davis, big game from him against the Titans. Welcome back, Jamison Crowder. You're back Boy. on the team. Nine targets coming your way. Seven catches for 61 yards and a touchdown. Keelan Cole has a big game uh, on his four targets. He goes for 92. This running game is interesting. I, it, it's, it feels like Michael Carter is going to be a nice the guy. Way of but it, it's just not there yet. It's not the volume isn't there. The big touches aren't there. It's just not where you need it to be from a fantasy perspective. And then on the other side of the ball, uh, Derrick Henry continues to be very good. Uh, 157 yards on the ground. His one touchdown. And then the big question mark going into this game, no Julio Jones, no A.J. Brown. What would this look like? It was a lot of Jeremy McNichols out of the backfield. It was also a lot of Josh Reynolds. Chester Rogers got involved. They used everybody that was available on the 53-man roster to yeah, catch one, passes. One, two, they, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine Titans catch a pass. Jeff Swain got a target, didn't catch it, but he got a target. Yeah, can't work. Cameron Batson gets a touchdown in this game. Like, all right, so let, let's the, talk about the Titans. A lineman, first. a lineman caught a screen pass that was intended for Derrick Henry. That one doesn't count in the targets. But yeah, that was, was very strange. Passes. Like, why everybody would you? Was, like, why would you? Not only a lineman. It was like the right guard. Like the right guard like runs in. Front, he runs in front yeah. of Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry could have caught the ball. He just runs in front of him yes, for no he reason. He literally just like him. decided like he vultured a catch from him. And I'm not quite sure why. That was a very strange sequence there, but. Um, my takeaway here is Derrick Henry's awesome, as we know. Yes. Uh, two more catches here, which again, if he's going to catch two or three balls every single week, man, like right now, if, okay, I'm going to ask you this question, Chris, and I want you to just, okay. just off top of your head, spot me, okay? Who is going to finish the season as the number one running back in total points? It's going to be Derrick Henry if he continues to catch I passes out of the backfield because you're going to get an extra three points just because he just gets the ball dumped to him. He was close anyway. McCaffrey's missing time. Cook is hurt. Aaron Jones has been good, but not elite. Kamara's been really good, but not going to get the pass-catching upside right. that we've seen from him in recent years. Nick Chubb, I mean, there's Jonathan not, Taylor, Jonathan Taylor's Barkley. disappointed. Yeah. Barkley's not going to be there. Zeke's been good, but, like, I'm not sure. Like, I I think it's Derrick Henry. So, something to note there. Also, Jeremy McNichols is fantasy relevant. And it, well, it might just be because this Titans defense is so pathetic. But he's continuing to get catches every single game. He's somebody I thought about ranking this week and didn't. But you now look at him as he's got, you know, he had he caught a 10-yard touchdown pass last week. He had three catches the week before, three catches the week before that. So he's got over four games now, 15 catches and like 130 yards. Like he's he's coming in on a ton of third downs. He's he's coming in in place of Derrick Henry on time. So like he's somebody that needs to be at least in the conversation as we start to get towards bye weeks here as somebody that might be able in deeper leagues be a fringe roster guy for you. Good to see Josh Reynolds a little bit more involved. It's taken him a little bit to kind of get up to speed after you know joining a new team injury, missed some time to start the year. And on the Jets side, like you, you said, some you of those Zach Wilson throws. The, you peep some yeah. of those Zach Wilson throws. And particularly bouncing back from another bad interception because early in that game it looked like, and I said this to you, he had like a mind-numbingly poor interception. And I went, oh, here we go again. This is going to be another Zach Wilson game. And he bounced back and, and got his you-know-what together and had some really, really nice throws to Keelan Cole. The touchdown throw to Corey Davis was beautiful. 
Uh, you know, he's had some, he had some really good throws in this game. Fantasy wise, though, I'm still probably only starting Corey Davis. Crowder's uh, on the fringe, but that's probably the only guy that I would feel confident starting on the Jets going forward. Uh, the Chiefs, they dropped 42 on the Eagles. And if I'd like to make a suggestion to future defenses, I would choose to cover Tyreek Hill in some capacity because um, he goes for 11, 186, and three touchdowns. And on two of the touchdowns, Jamie, I don't think there was a defender within 10 yards of him. Yeah. And we've seen that a few times here. And Look, these are the big Tyreek Hill games. Uh, I kind of had a feeling that this is – I had a lot of Mahomes Hill stack. I know it's not exactly, you know, going – Wow, you you went out on a limb there. to make to, to have those. But it, when a player that talented gets held down for a couple weeks in a row, you start to kind of think, uh, you know what, I think he's going to bounce back. He bounced back in big fashion. Five touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes in this game. Clyde Edwards a layer over 100 yards again, which is nice to see. I mean, there's not really any actionable advice here on the Chiefs side. You're starting Hill every week. Not a big game for Kelsey, but you're starting him every week. Duh. No other option on this team is really worthwhile. But it is good to see that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is having a lot more success on the ground. Catches another touchdown in this game. It yeah, was a underhand, as they kept saying, the bowling motion uh, for Patrick Mahomes. But that's good because he really needed this these last couple of weeks. So he's really rewarding fantasy managers. Uh, Jamie, I'm also waiting for my formal apology about Jalen Hurts from you, so I will see this time to you before I talk about the rest of the Eagles. So uh, take it so I, I a couple of things. I do want to officially um, remove myself from the Jalen Hurts as a top 10 fantasy quarterback because he threw for almost 400 yards and two touchdowns and, and just he just somehow finds a way to be fantasy relative every week. Uh, Jamie, my question for you, what I was going to ask, yes. um, Kenneth Gainwell. One of my sneaky starts from this week is it is he a thing now? Like I mean, he yes, he 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 runs in a touchdown, but I think the bigger play is the eight targets for him, six catches, fifty eight yards. I think that's where there's more value because yeah. Miles Sanders is still going to be a thing in that backfield. I think for Kenneth Gainwell, it's going to be catching balls out of the backfield, being another uh, receiving option for Jalen Hurts. Devonta Smith has a big game, seven for one twenty two. Zach Ertz, uh, six for sixty. Dallas Goddard catches a touchdown, fifty six. Uh, Devonta Smith, the ten targets was just incredible. Yeah, so. Nice they, they're, they're spreading the ball out there in, in the first half. Yeah, yeah there, there are three takeaways from me in particular from this game. One is Kenny Gainwell, which was he's going to continue to be fantasy relevant as a flex play. Yeah, he gets the rushing touchdown, but I think uh, more likely you're going to see the um, the the passing volume, eight targets in this game tied for second. That's going to be where he's going to make his bones more often than not for you going forward. That's takeaway one. Takeaway two is I'm now officially worried about Miles Sanders. Um, I was holding out another week. I thought this would be a great matchup, a great time for him to show what he can do. I still believe in the talent, but I'm not thrilled with the workload. He gets four more carries than Gainwell, gets five fewer targets. Like, I, I just, I don't know what's going on with him right now. And now that Zach Ertz is healthy, he is a significant part of this offense and Jalen Hurts is looking for him. So I think he is as significant as Dallas Goddard. And those two should not be more than a handful of spots apart in fantasy rankings going forward. Jamie, before we get to the uh, afternoon and evening slate of games, you were a shill earlier for the Money Down on the Draft Network YouTube channel. Why don't you be a shill for our friends over at Owner's Box? And I have to ask you, because you told me earlier that you had not checked any of your lineups for this week. You were you put your phone aside. You were not checking them. Have you checked them at this point of the evening? No. I, I will check them after the podcast, uh, but I have not checked them yet. Uh, I had a lot of interesting... I had some good days. I had some good stacks, but uh, hopefully uh, I'm in the money this week. And you can be in the money next week if you haven't joined them already. Make sure you go to ownersbox.com and download the Ownersbox app today. By the time you are listening to this, they will likely already have their week five contest live. You can enter it for free. 
Get a free $10 entry by just using the code DREW9, as in Drew Brees, as in the guy that Tom Brady passed for the most passing yards in NFL history on Sunday night. Drew9 is the code. Ton of different games. I love this to play in their big contest with a handout that $50,000 worth of prizes, $10,000 that goes to first place. Uh, join me on there. I usually enter, you know, I'll, I'll enter the max amount of lineups every week. You can enter up to 25 lineups. So get in on it now. Join for free. Play against me and start winning some real money. And I can tell you from personal experience, I because I withdrew some money after week one because I won like $3,500. Got it right away. Right into my bank account. No issues. No problems. No run around. And I know, as Chris, as you know from, from the olden days, uh, <laughs> making sure that you get your actual money when you win is of the utmost importance. And I can tell you yeah. from personal experience, it is great. So easy to deposit, easy to, to withdraw which is huge because obviously we're all trying to win and you want to be able to withdraw some of that money to, you know, what, what do kids buy these days? Like NFTs, they buy NFTs, Uh, NFTs. Yeah. Yeah. Or just, you know, leave it in there and and try to win some more contests. So uh, really good stuff on there. So make sure you join our friends over at owner's box and play against me using the code drew nine. And we'll have Tyler on the uh, Tuesday edition of the show to talk about some DFS stuff ahead of week five. Uh, Jamie, the Arizona Cardinals, the undefeated Arizona Cardinals, I believe are owed an apology Man. from me, who I, I was no, out from on this me. Team. I was from out on me. This I was the one that did the whole shtick on the, the Money Down show about how, like, yeah. the, uh, reading Carson Palmer's box score and stuff. And then, yeah, and then you, this offense you, goes you, out here. You, you set us up for failure fifth, once you did that on the show. Only the fifth offense in NFL history to go four consecutive games to open the season with 30 plus points and 400 plus yards. And they're doing it with just like everybody like Chase Edmonds with a big game today. James Conner gets two uh, touchdowns on the ground, but Chase Edmonds goes for 120 yards. He catches four passes out of the backfield. Max Williams catches a touchdown. AJ Green, Jamie, AJ Green, he Five looks catches, good. I 67 yards and a touchdown. He looks a lot better than he did through the first two weeks of the season. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins doesn't have a huge game, but you're not worried about him. That's how this team's going to roll. And look, Kyler Murray's just a magician out there. He just does things. He just figures out ways to make it happen. He goes for 268 and two touchdowns. He doesn't have his patented rushing touchdown that we normally get from him, but this Cardinal team, man, they can drop points. They're going to score. And on the other side of the ball, Jamie, I mean – Van Jefferson has a big game. I don't think you're worried about anything long-term uh, with the Rams. You know Stafford's going to be able to put up points. You know Cooper Cup's going to be one of the big uh, targets in this offense. Daryl Henderson, 14 carries for 89 yards. I I, I think you just, again, you're going to have weeks like this where things don't necessarily work out, but I don't yeah. think this changes any of the long-term prognostication on the Rams. It was still a solid game. Like, look, if you're going to complain about Cooper Cup getting you 11.4 points after he scored you a gajillion D over the last three, right. then I'm sorry. Then don't, stop playing fantasy football. Robert Woods gets in the end zone, which is much needed for him. Four for 48 and a touchdown. He's had a rough year. To me, the biggest takeaway is that Daryl Henderson looks healthy and was really solid in this game. 6.4 yards a carry, 89 yards on 14 carries, catches five passes. So I, I that's the biggest positive going forward is that he looks healthy coming back. On the Cardinal side of things, I, I need I want them to give Chase Edmonds more work. Like I understand why they're doing this balance, but Chase Edmonds looks spry as a runner. Obviously, what? had a huge game here. He needs more work in this game. And Max Williams is a thing. He continues to get workload, gets five for 66 and a touchdown. And what is that now? Over the last three weeks, he has 15 catches. Like this is this is something to be aware of. Like tight end is a disaster right now. He continues to get steady work. I will continue to point out, and I pointed out the statistic when we talked about the Cardinals in the preseason. Chase Edmonds, 
we talked about him taking on the Kenyon Drake workload this season. And I said that if he were to do that, it would be more carries and more touches than he had in his entire career combined. I think people inside that building, those coaches, understand that they can't put that kind of workload on him because yeah. it will wear him down late in the season. It's why they brought James Conner in. It's why, at the end of the day, James Conner has more carries in the box score than Chase Edmond does. This is all part of a plan so that late in the season, when they're making a playoff push, and we're talking about a 4-0 team that's leading the NFC West, so we have to talk about that, they want Chase Edmonds ready to go for that playoff push. I think what they're doing is perfect to keep both Chase Edmonds and James Conner ready for a postseason push late in the season. So I, I know we all want him to get more work for fantasy, but I think this is exactly what you can expect from him on a weekly basis. They're going to use him uh, this way. Uh, the Seahawks, they beat the 49ers 28-21. to Jamie, there are a couple of things I'd like to talk about on the San Francisco side of things. I'd like to start with the fact that Trey Lance comes into the second half of this football game when Jimmy G gets hurt. He ends up going nine for 18, throws for two touchdowns. I'd also like to talk about the who ended up, and I just want to check my notes on this, the guy who ended up being the leading rusher for San Francisco this week. A guy by the name of Trey Sermon goes for 89 yards on the ground on 19 carries. Just want to at least mention that. Uh, Debo Samuel is also very good. Eight catches, yep. 156 Another. yards, two touchdowns, including one in which there wasn't even a person on the field that could have caught him. I, I, you hear the term wide open a no, lot. D- D- there Demo is Samuel not a way to open. be more wide open. Like there, it, it, it is not physically possible to be more open. Uh, eight for 156, two touchdowns. Debo Samuel's breakout this year from coming off of a big year last year has been awesome to watch. France is going to probably be the starter next week and maybe the starter for the rest of the time for San Francisco. Uh, I, Garoppolo has that, I believe it was the calf that he said w- w- that was hurt. Thinks hopes it's going to only be a couple weak things and get an MRI on Monday morning. But uh, barring some miracle, Trey Lance is starting next week, and I don't think he's going to give the job back once he gets it. Uh, adds a more dynamic piece. I'm very curious to see where my projections will put him out. I imagine he's going to be a you know a, a top. I, I know he's going to be a top 20 guy. The question is, does he crack my top 15 for next week? That will be interesting. Uh, I'll give Trey Sermon some credit there. I mean, whatever. I'm still not starting him, but like he he had a he had a good game there. 19 carries, I think, was the most encouraging thing. That's was the, the big, amount that's of the work bigger number over. of the two. Yeah, yeah, because like Jacquez Patrick got two carries. No other running back on the roster got anything. Uh, one other name to kind of keep in mind for owners box lineups or from some other ones, and I had a few shares of him this week just because I'm intrigued. Is Kyle Juszczyk. Uh, four for 41, you know, he's a guy that if you need that, like the literally like the minimum dollar amount to fill out your running back spot, uh, he's interesting. He's going to continue to get some work. He's a really dynamic player. He does. He kind of pops up every few weeks here. Uh, I'm curious to see what his workload looks like with Trey Lance, but this offense might look a little different. So that's my only concern for next week is like, is Trey Lance going to love the same things that Jimmy Garoppolo love? My friend yes, slandered at me. Freddie Swain in the preseason, and he catches another touchdown here today. Again, I don't think it's fantasy relevant, but I will take any chance to troll my friend when there's an opportunity. I had him in a Freddie few DFS Sw- lineups too because the Eskridge can't get on the field. Um, uh, that's D- mostly D- why. DK Metcalf, four catches, six yeah, solid game, gets a touchdown, targets. so a good. Like it wasn't a really, honestly, it was a very unremarkable game for the Seahawks. Like it was, uh, I mean, Russell Wilson gets three total touchdowns. So we had a pretty nice day, but under 150. What do you make of Alec yards. Collins? What do you make of that? Um, he's on the field a lot, um, but they do this. Like they want to use multiple backs and they've done it in the past with Chris Carson. It just usually doesn't matter when he gets enough volume. This game, I, I, I'm noting it. I'm not seriously downgrading Chris Carson because I, I know people go, oh, Alex Collins is getting a lot of work, but they always had other guys there. You know, the, Travis Homer took touches at times and Rashad Penny takes taking touches at times. And, you know, they've always had these weird like group of backs there. I'm noting it. I'm not making any massive changes at this stage. 
The Ravens beat the Broncos 23-7. to uh, Hollywood Brown actually catches one of the touchdowns that was thrown to him today. That's, nice. a, that's an upgrade from, from last much week. Much tougher catch on some of these, by the way, than he was than <laughs> he dropped last week. What's happened to Tyson Williams? I don't know. I don't know why Tyson Williams was a, was a healthy and active today. So we could get Le'Veon Bell four carries for 11 yards. That's yeah, why. You know, I, whatever. Uh, Latavius Murray gets in the end zone. I'm not starting any Ravens running backs right now, which is a weird sentence to say, considering where we would have been like two months ago. Uh, Hollywood Brown, I'm glad he had the bounce back game. I, I've not fallen off the wagon. I still think he's going to have a monster season. Uh, Lamar Jackson had an, a, a solid game. You know, nothing overly spectacular, unfortunately. Um, I, hopefully the, the return of Rashad Bateman soon will help change that a little bit, open up that offense a little bit more. Um, so this is kind of what we're looking at here. And then on the Broncos side, we'll have to see what the status of Teddy Bridgewater is. Drew Locke looked terrible, um, as he, as Drew Locke tends to look. Noah Fan gets in the end zone and then 10 targets. Not a lot from anybody else. Yeah. That 10 means, targets. Th- well, yeah. Drew Locke loves him. So if Drew Locke's starting next week, Noah, Noah Fan gets a big boost. Yeah. We got one more game to talk about. And the reason why, uh, well, one more game in the afternoon. So that we have the Sunday night game as well to talk about. The Packers beat the Steelers 27-17. Jamie, do we need to have a conversation about Pittsburgh sitting down Ben Roethlisberger at the quarterback position? Because if, I, And I know they're never going to be able to do it because you just they're not can't. going to. But, like, this is not – it's not it, – it, it's just not fun. Like, they just – they can't do anything on offense. I mean, Deontay Johnson ends up with nine catches for 92 yards and a touchdown on 13 targets, and that's what you expect. Uh, Juju, two catches on 11 yards on eight targets. James Washington has an okay game. Uh, Najee Harris, seven targets coming out of the backfield. He gets into the end zone on the ground, so he has a big uh, day for you. But this offense for Pittsburgh, it's just, it doesn't move very well. And then on the other side... Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers looks good. He gets two touchdowns, also uh, gets in on the ground. A.J. Dillon has a big game, the 15 carries for 81 yards. Aaron Jones, we talked about him at least at the beginning of the show when we were talking about running backs and how he's off to a slow start. Uh, the Randall Cobb game, five catches, 69 yards, and two touchdowns on his six targets. Devontae Adams, 11 targets for him. I, not a, a whole lot of takeaways, I think, Jamie, other than this Pittsburgh offense continues to just be abysmal. It's it's just not fun to watch. Yeah, no, it, it, but look, Deontay Johnson's going to get his no matter what. So as long as Correct. he's up and active, he continues to be a wide receiver two at worst and needs to be in your lineup, as does Najee Harris. Um, you know, Juju needs to be dropped significantly down. Um, uh, again, I continue to not understand why he didn't go to the Chiefs this offseason, but you know, here we are. Really, I mean, obviously there's no clay pool in this game, but no, I mean Ben Roethlisberger is actively hurting this team. He has another swing pass on a on a running back flare route on a fourth and four behind the line of scrimmage. Like it just it, I don't understand what is happening here. Uh, it, it is abysmal to watch. And I think that's why if you didn't see this game, uh, and, and you were instead, and I know a lot of people didn't see this because of some uh, late game running along. I think the Titans game or something. Excuse me, ran, the Jets. I, I don't know. The, 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 not the Titans game. It was the Jets overtime victory ran a little sure. long. Thank you very something much. Something ran long, and I believe this game was supposed to be on for a lot of people, and they didn't get to see it. The second half started to get out of hand, and and out of hand, it was more like, yeah, nobody believed that the 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 uh, Packers were going to lose this game. That's when AJ Dillon really started to get rolling. So you might look at this and say, oh man, they, they, they each split 15 carries. Well, they're trying to take a little bit of touches away from Aaron Jones late in these games when they're up. He still gets five catches in the uh, three catches for 51 yards in this game. Not worried about Aaron Jones at all. Uh, just something to be aware of because I know this this equal 50-50 split is going to be a uh, a talking point. So I want to get out in front of this and, and say, I don't think it's a thing. 
All right, the last game, Sunday night football in the rain. In All that hype for nothing. Cold weather. No, it was, was a, a good football game. game. Stop. Hey, it, was- it was a close football game. Close doesn't equal good. I just, I just know that after all of the results of today, I can tweet tomorrow morning, and I will. Follow me on Twitter, at True Radio. Uh, Don't. Good morning. The New York Jets are in second place in the AFC East. That's all. That, that's that's what it boils down to, because everybody in the AFC East that is not the Buffalo Bills are one and three, so I can claim second place in the AFC didn't, East. Didn't you already lose the tiebreaker to the Patriots, though? I'm claiming second place because we all have the you same record, you okay? You, 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 I, I, you, I can, though, and I will. Have the I can, and I will. You literally lost to this team. Everybody is tied got demolished in the AFC by this East. Team. Okay? Zach Wilson threw 17,000 interceptions in a 16-minute period against that he team. Threw, he threw four. But let's talk about the game that did happen on Sunday night, the Bucks and the Patriots. I don't really <laughs> – Jamie, I don't really have a lot of fantasy insight for this football game. i got to be honest with you. I know that's what we do here on this show, but – I don't got um, a whole well, lot. Okay, so well, here's some fantasy insight. Um, Damien Harris sucks and stop playing him. Okay, okay, that's okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, no, that's I'm I'm being I'm being facetious here. But th- this is Damien Harris is like all of the negatives with Nick Chubb and none of the positives. And I, I understand people want to play him so desperately, but like he never cracks my top thirty because if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's never getting in the top thirty. Uh, four carries for negative four yards. Very tough matchup. I'll give him that. But negative four yards on the ground in his four carries. Catches two passes for 30 yards just to spoil my taking him under eight and a half receiving yards up for a prop bet. Um, I thought Mac Jones looked solid. Um, Jacoby Myers might be. Jacoby Myers is a fun player. So 12 targets. In standard, yeah. Like in standard, you're not really doing anything with, with Myers. But in half PPR or full PPR, he's somebody that needs to be rostered. Very consistent. Eight catches for 70 yards in this game through a couple passes. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, another solid game, back-to-back solid games for him, five for 58. Nelson Aguilar, uh, okay game for him. Brandon Bolden, once again, in the, in that uh, James White role, had a significant workload, and I think we need to pay attention to this because J.J. Taylor fumbled. Ramondre Stevenson was another healthy scratch again. Somebody's going to play this role. Damian Harris is not a strong pass catcher. He's not a good pass blocker. They're going to need someone to fill this role, and assuming they don't go outside of the organization to fill this need, as much as it's to the chagrin of a lot of Patriots fans, because in terms of overall skill level and talent, Brandon Boland doesn't rank very highly on there. He's an effort-slash-strong special teams player. If he's going to be on the field for passing downs, it matters. 6-51 for 51 in this game after having a strong late week last week. That's notable to me. On the Tampa side, just disappointed in everybody that's not named really like Leonard Fournette, Antonio Brown, or Mike Evans, but just like just disappointed. Um, this wasn't a good game for Tom. His stat no, line he struggled kind of with the weather. For 43. Yeah, he yeah. was not good in this no. football game. Um, the weather was bad, but weather was bad for Josh Allen too. Uh, I also think not having Gronk really reared its ugly head in this football game. It did. I mean, it hurt them in the red zone. I know that was a big talking point on air, and and they're not wrong with that. But he also missed some throws. Uh, he missed some throws along the sideline. Missed some throws in the middle of the field. Antonio Brown also some dropped drops, a touchdown. Like in Antonio the end Brown zone. had a weird game, like seven for sixty three. But uh, that's a ball in, th- in the fourth quarter. There's a ball that he should catch in the end zone. Like it's not an easy catch by any means, but it's one he should come down with. Had another one where he looked like he got all turned around. So he, the Brady in this offense was not in sync, but Leonard Fournette was. He had a really strong game here. 20 carries on the ground for 91 yards. Catches another three passes for 47. Uh, doesn't get in the end zone. Ronald Jones gets the, gets the touchdown in this game on the ground. But 
Uh, I thought Fournette looked really good. Uh, I like seeing him this involved. I think with Gio, as long as Gio Bernard is out, which who knows how long he'll be out, Fournette's going to continue to get a ton of work. I mean, he's the starter, quote-unquote, anyway, but he'll get even more work if he's not coming off the field for certain third-down scenarios. Uh, something of note, you know, if as long as Gio Bernard's out, I think Fournette's got to be in that top 25 running back conversation. And quite frankly, his splits between games of Patriots, uh, excuse me, see, I still doing the Patriots and Tom stuff because of all the promo. In games the Buccaneers win, he's a far superior fantasy player. I don't think that, uh, I read that stat today again, I'm keep referencing the money down, but uh, this is a guy that averages more than 50 yards a game on the ground and Patriots win. Instead, I did again. And Bucks wins uh, since the start of last year. So something to note there. Otherwise, like it was what it was. Not a great game for Godwin, three for 55, but didn't kill you, but not the game you're hoping for. I will continue to say it's rare that you're going to see three Buccaneers all have monster games. I just, this game did not go the way I expected. Maybe it was the weather. Um, it kind of went how I expected from the Patriots side, to be honest with you. Not being able to run the ball. Mac Jones being efficient, but not spectacular. Ball being spread around different receivers. Both tight ends getting involved. Like, this looked a lot like what I thought New England would look like. I just thought Tom, I just thought Tom Brady and company in Tampa would be more up to the task to, for a blowout here. Maybe you blame the weather. Maybe you blame some execution. But uh, they got the win. It's all that matters, you know, to them that's, you know, you're on to the next one, you know, but I don't know, man, I was, uh, I was disappointed with this performance. I had Tom Brady as my number three quarterback of the week. I had a lot of DFS stacks with Tom Brady in them. And, uh, I look, they escaped with a victory by the skin of their teeth, but I wasn't thrilled with it, but I guess, you know what? You got to win games. What do I always say on this podcast from many years ago for listeners that have been listening to this for a while? Good teams have to win games that they don't play their best in, and I think that's where you would categorize this game. Uh, they didn't play their best, but they still came away with a victory. But these last two weeks have have revealed some some issues that this team needs to correct if they're going to go back and go back to back in the Super Bowl. They have the Dolphins at home next week, and then they have a short week and play at Philadelphia on Thursday night football. Should be very, very interesting. They have an interesting slate of games, honestly, coming up before their bye week. Home against the Dolphins at Philadelphia, home against the Bears, and at New Orleans. Four very winnable games uh, for them. Well, you have, you have a rookie quarterback, a second-year quarterback, the Jameis return. It's not returning if you're going to New Orleans for this one, but... It'll be really interesting, but they have a they'll have an interesting set here. Uh, some different types of quarterbacks, though, up until the Jameis Winston one for that defense to go up against. You know, Jacoby Brissett next week, Jalen Hurts on a short week after that, and then Justin Fields, presumably, uh, three weeks later. So we'll see how this works out for the Tampa Bay team. But for fantasy, you're not really changing anything up. You're just kind of doing what you're doing. But note Leonard Fournette's workload, and more importantly, note where Gio Bernard is on the injury report this coming week. I'll leave you with this statistic, Jamie, since you're talking about how weird of a game this was for Tom Brady. Tom Brady now has the best record, including playoffs, since 1950 in games in which he throws zero passing touchdowns. He has a career record of 28 and 18 in games in which he does not throw a passing touchdown. That is a 609 winning percentage that puts him in front of Roger Staubach, who has a 20 and 13 record in games in which he throws zero passing touchdowns. And then Peyton Manning has a 22 and 16 record, a 579 winning percentage in games in which he does not throw a, a uh, passing touchdown. I'm assuming you don't have the game log in front of you, right? Because I'm curious to see when was the most recent time he had won a game without throwing a touchdown. Should I look you know this what, up Jamie? live on the air? You know what, Jamie? No, I'll do it. I'll do it live on the air. I will go to Pro do Football Reference and I, will, and I will insert Tom Brady's because, like, name I, here. Because I can imagine early 
career Tom Brady with those staunch defenses, you know, him doing that two or three times. So you want, you want, you want, you want the last time that he had zero touchdowns. Yeah. Just just the last time that it happened for him. Zero touchdowns and a win. Okay. That was a loss. That was a win. Week 11 against the Philadelphia Eagles. They won 17 to 10. He went 26 of 47 for 216. No touchdowns, no picks. Oh, you know what? You know what should have been the obvious result? The su- Oh, but this uh, doesn't the include playoffs. Against the Rams? Yeah, the Super Bowl against the Rams. Yeah. That and that's yeah. I didn't come to my mind first. Yeah, that 13 to 3 game with no offense. And he didn't that, So that, that would be that was in 2019. Game. So that was earlier than that Eagles game. Yeah. So that's that the last February that's the most 3rd of 2019. And 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 then and also then that and then was, that well, before that was I'd Dude, he's won multiple playoff games that way. I'm just looking at the playoffs right now. He has won one. He, so I'm going to do this right now on the air because this is fascinating okay. now. So these are just playoff games. Okay, so I'm going to go from we just talked his about. first group. But no, I'm going to go back to all, all one here. So here's his record in games where he throws zero touchdowns. Just overall record. 1-0. 2-0. Scroll in here. 3-0. Jamie, I have the answer. It's 28 and 18. I told you this at the beginning of the Oh, I'm of just the, doing the playoffs. Oh, just the playoffs. Five and one. He is he is so he has thrown zero touchdowns six times in the playoffs and has won five of them. The only loss was back in the, the 2019 season when they lost 13, or 20 to 13 to Tennessee. That is the only playoff. So he's thrown zero touchdowns six times in the playoffs, and his team has won five of those games. That's nuts. Including a Super Bowl. Yeah. He won a yeah, Super Bowl I, with no touchdown passes. Again, he also, he also won a game in which his team dropped 43 points, and he didn't throw a touchdown. One of those indie games That's in 2014, game. he threw 198 yards and they scored 42 points. Okay, so we went down that weird rabbit hole to end the show. Uh, just okay. to talk about Fun how fact for, uh, interesting share Tom on Brady a water cooler. is. Nobody has a water cooler. Just share on your carousel Zoom meeting. I don't know. What do the kids do these days? Nobody goes to work anymore. I, they buy NFTs. I told you that earlier in the show. That's yeah, gonna do gonna going to do it for us here on this edition of the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Jamie, where can everybody follow you on social media? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter, at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram. And remember, Tuesday morning, my week five, I can't believe we're already at week five. My week five rankings will drop at thedraftnetwork.com. Tuesday's also when you'll hear from us again, and we will be joined by Jake, fresh off of victory. He is celebrating not only a Bucks victory, but his father's birthday. So happy birthday to Bruce Arians as well. A happy 69th birthday celebrates with a W. And uh, he will join us and we will break down waiver wire claims and my rankings and all the other stuff that you need to know heading into, man, week five already. There's a London game. We're going to start talking bye weeks soon. Like this is, we're almost, uh, almost feel like mid-season form already almost. It's crazy how fast season's rolling along. It's a lot of fun. And as Jamie mentioned, Tuesday, we are back here on the podcast. You're also going to hear from Jamie on Friday when he does his Instagram live to talk about fantasy. So you have all that content to consume throughout the week. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. You can follow the show on Twitter at TDN Fantasy and the DraftNetwork.com underneath the fantasy tab. Tuesday morning, those rankings drop. We break them down here on this podcast, give you the the players that stand out to all of us here on the show. So you can look forward to that. Everybody have a great start to your week. We will talk to you on Tuesday.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.